You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your Thursday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And man, is it a fun time to talk about Braves baseball for the third straight game on Wednesday night for the third straight game Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the Braves were able to get an exciting come-from-behind victory. For the second straight time, it happened against a division rival in the New York Mets, and for the first time this season, maybe one of the few times this season, but last night was the best example, Michael Harris II truly showed what he can do both in the field and at the plate. It was a lot of fun seeing the Braves be able to get the 7-5 victory over the Mets, but just like on Tuesday night, it didn't start off in the best form for the Braves. You know, we talked about it on yesterday's on Tuesday's Daily Hammer, the fact that Charlie Morton coming into Wednesday night's game against Max Scherzer and the Mets, Morton had struggled a bit, you know, since the start of last year, the start of the 2022 season against the Mets. He had struggled with walks, struggled with giving up some home runs, a 5.33 ERA over 27 innings across five starts before last night's um, start against the Mets since the start of 2022. And that's exactly what Morton run in, run, ran into early on in the game. Obviously, one of the big moments of the game was he hit Pete Alonso with a, a ball that resulted in Alonso being taken out of the game. Before that, he had walked uh, Brandon Nemo after 10 pitches to lead off the game. So a walk, a hit batsman, led to a run being allowed in the first inning. A home run by one of the best young catchers in the game, Francisco Alvarez, made the score 2 to nothing. For the Mets. And here we are going through the third inning, and Max Scherzer had already strike, struck out seven Braves. So through the first third of the game, it definitely did not seem like it was going to be the Braves' night. And that also looked to be the case, despite the fact that the Braves ran into a bit of luck. They were able to push a run across against Scherzer due to some infield hits in the bottom of the fourth inning. Unfortunately, in the top of the fifth, it seemed as if Charlie Morton stayed in one batter too long, and he gave up a two-run home run to Pete Alonso's replacement, Tommy Pham, and the score was 4-1 to one after four and a half innings. But then 
That's where the Braves' true talent start, started to shine. That's where the Braves started to once again show that they're back to really clicking on all cylinders. They were able to get the score to 4-3 to three as for the second straight night. On Tuesday night, Sean Murphy delivered a two-run double to make the score 4-3. to three. On Wednesday night, it was a two-run home run. And then in the bottom of the sixth inning, it seemed as if Max Scherzer stayed in the game a bit too long as Michael Harris II was able to hit an RBI double and then Ronald Acuna Jr. was able to get an RBI single, all of a sudden, the Braves are up 5-4. to four. A bit of a struggle for Kirby Yates in the top of the seventh inning led to the score being tied 5-5, five to five. but then the moment of the game, a two-run, no-doubt home run off the bat of Michael Harris II allowed for the Braves to take a 7-5 lead in the bottom of the eighth, and they were able to secure the win with A.J. Minter once again dominating in the ninth for the save. So just a very fun, though it was dramatic, a fun and exciting night of baseball, and it once again resulted in the Braves getting the win. And the big thing to take away from all this is that we're talking about the fact that the Braves have won three straight games coming from behind. Well, that has been because in several different aspects, this team is getting back to clicking on all cylinders. This team is getting back to playing to their true talent level. Because look at some of the characteristics into what has played into the Braves being able to get these come-from-behind victories. The first thing that stands out is the fact that the middle and bottom of the order is what has really allowed for the Braves to be able to come from behind. Eddie Rosario on Sunday, Orlando Arcia and Marcelo Zuna on Tuesday, and then Michael Harris II on Wednesday. Sean Murphy, obviously, at the top of the order, helped out as well, but the lineup itself from top to bottom was getting the job done, and it was getting the job done on multiple ways, right? Two-run home runs from Sean Murphy and Michael Harris II on Wednesday night played a big part in the comeback, but timely hits from Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris II also were a big reason why the Braves were able to get the job done. And then you want to talk about the fact that the bullpen was able to step up once again and shut the door. A.J. Minter has been an absolutely different pitcher, now once again extending his longest scoreless appearance streak of the season. He now has allowed zero runs in the month of June and is on one of the better streaks that we've seen from him all season long. It's amazing to see what happens when he doesn't run into so much bad luck. When things start to normalize, you see how effective A.J. Minter can be. So despite the fact that for the second straight game, the games did not get off to the best of starts, the Braves were able to get the job done. And as I detailed, the big reason why the Braves are having success is because what we're starting to see is some of their clear weaknesses that made it hard for them to be able to win games in May all of a sudden have become strengths in the month of June. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So as as has been discussed and written about, you know, at BatteryPower.com and discussed here on the Battery Power Podcast Network, the month of May had some tough stretches for the Braves. You know, they faced tough competition. They dealt with some unexpected significant injuries to their starting staff. They dealt with some struggles when it came to their bullpen and their offense. And though the Braves did finish a game over 500 for the month of May, they definitely were not playing the same level of baseball in May that they, that they had in April. But one of the surprising aspects of the month of May is despite the fact that the Braves lost Kyle Wright, lost Max Reed to the injured list early in the month, one of the biggest strengths, one of the biggest positives for the Braves in the month of May is the fact that their starting pitching surprisingly remained among the best in baseball throughout May. And that's a big reason why the Braves were able to get through the month with a record better than 500. But there also were times where even though the starting pitching was doing its job, other aspects of the team, other factors of the team were struggling and at times struggling significantly. A few areas of of weakness, a few areas of needed improvement that the month of May revealed about this roster, you know, were the struggles of the bullpen, the struggles defensively, and the struggles of this Braves team against right-handed pitching. And it kind of reached a low point if you go back towards the beginning of last week, about 10 days, when the Braves dropped two straight games to the Oakland Athletics. All three of those factors played a part in those two straight losses, especially the ninth inning of that second game in the series against Oakland, when um, the Braves could not get anything going with the top of their order in the top of the ninth inning, and then Rysel Iglesias, you know, had an inexplicable, you know, just unexpected bad inning walking three batters for the first time in nearly five years, and then a defensive error by Austin Riley wound up to the Braves losing the game. So each of those weaknesses that had emerged in May played a significant factor in the Braves dropping those two straight games. But while those two straight losses and the reason that those losses occurred were relevant to point out, relevant to discuss, it also needed to be kept within context with how talented this Braves team is that these weaknesses, these areas of need and improvement, adjustments would be made, approaches would change, changes would be made to improve in these areas. And lo and behold, as the calendar has turned from May to April, the tables have also turned when it comes to what are the Braves' weaknesses and strengths in the month of June compared to the month of May. For instance, you know, we talk about the fact that the starting pitching was the clear strength of this team in the month of May. Well, coming into Wednesday night's game against the Mets, the Braves had the 25th best starting pitching ERA in the month of June in baseball. And it's not that hard to see when you think about how much Mike Soroka struggled, the fact that Bryce Elder, you know, had, you know, possibly his worst start of the season against the Mets on uh, Tuesday, and then the fact that Charlie Morton gave up four more runs last night. So Morton added to the starting pitching struggles that we've seen so far in June. So as we've gone from May to June, 
the starting pitching is starting to regress a bit in terms of its overall performance. And so that definitely is, is not necessarily the best of developments, but it also was to be expected with the injuries that have occurred to this starting rotation and the level of talent that we're seeing in the rotation as of now. But fortunately, as the starting rotation has kind of regressed, they're performing, you know, a little bit less effectively than they were in the month of May, the other factors of this team that were weaknesses in May have all of a sudden become strengths. So we talk about, for instance, the fact that the bullpen went through nearly a six-week stretch where it really struggled to be able to close out wins for the Braves. Well, now in the month of June, coming into last night's game, the Braves' bullpen had the best ERA in baseball in the month of June. They had not allowed a run in 12 and one-third innings of work in the month of June going into last night. And although Kirby Yates gave up the one long run this bullpen has all season, this bullpen has now given up only one earned run over 16 and two-thirds inning in the month of June. A.J. Mentor looks back to being his normal self. Rysel Iglesias has bounced back from his struggles in Oakland. This Braves bullpen seems to be back to pitching to their true talent level. It seems as if some of the bad luck that they were running into in late April and May has kind of gone away, and now that things have normalized, they're getting back to being an effective unit. So the Braves bullpen is once again a strength of this team, and that obviously has been showcased with the fact that they've helped the Braves get these three come-from-behind victories. But we also talk about the fact that the Braves against right-handed pitching, especially in run-scoring opportunities in the month of May, they struggled badly. If the Braves were not hitting home runs, it was hard for them to be able to produce enough wins or enough runs to win consistently because they just could not put together enough hits in a row against right-handed pitching. But now you turn the calendar to the month of June, and that's exactly where this Braves team has succeeded. Coming into last night, the Braves had an 887 OPS against right-handed pitching in the month of June. That was second best in the majors coming into last night. And what did they do in the game on Wednesday night? Seven more runs scored against right-handed pitching, including five against future Hall of Famer Max Scherzer. And then we want to talk about the defense, the fact that the defense had, had had its struggles in the month of May and for much of the season so far coming into the month of June. Well, look at what happened on Wednesday night. Huge, great catches by Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris II limited the Mets from being able to score late in the game, and that's what kept the score close for the Braves to eventually be able to come back, take the lead, and get the win. So when we talk about from May, the struggles defensively, the struggles against right-handed pitching, and the struggles that the bullpen had, that was relevant. Those happened for long enough stretches to where they were clear weaknesses on this team. They were where this team needed to improve. But the fact that the Braves have found the ability to improve so quickly and in such good fashion to where they're now winning once again now, like they did in April, that shows that at in the end, this team is talented enough to turn their weaknesses into strengths and clearly be able to find ways to win even if they're not clicking on all cylinders. Though the starting pitching right now is regressing a bit, it's struggling, the bullpen and the offense are back to performing at high levels, and that's what's leading to the Braves 
getting these wins. So a great job by this Braves team making adjustments, changing the approaches, making the needed um, adjustments for them to be able to get better in these areas of need, and that's what's allowing for them to be able to win games despite their starting pitching struggling at the moment. But of course, we talk about the entire roster getting better in these certain areas, but without a doubt, with how much the fan base has become huge fans. They've fallen in love with Michael Harris II over the past year. Last night, it was so much fun to see him be able to get back to the level that we all know that he loves to produce at. One of the biggest reasons why it's easy to cheer for Michael Harris II, just like it's easy to cheer for many Braves. You know, they, the reason why we fell in love with Spencer Strider and Michael Harris II last year during the rookie campaigns was how much their love for the game shows with how they play. And it especially shows when they're succeeding. And last night was proof of just how special Michael Harris II can be. Three RBIs, three total hits, the big play in center field late in the game to secure the Braves, uh, to secure the game as a tie game for the Braves. Michael Harris II, you know, I've talked before about how when Michael Harris II and Ronald Acuna Jr. are playing at their best, they truly can be the most dynamic outfield duo in the game. They showed last night why that's the case. We saw on the road trip that Michael Harris was starting to make better contact. He was still running into a bit of bad luck, but he was starting to make better contact, and now we're hopefully starting to see the results occur. Two extra base hits last night that made all the difference in the world, and he was the player of the game, both due to his play on the field and at the plate. So you certainly hope, just like when he came up at this time last year, the boost and the energy that he provided this Braves team to play at a high level, if he can get back to that form, this Braves team is going to become even more dangerous, and they're going to start winning again at a very impressive clip to be able to put some distance between them and the rest of the NL East and really establish themselves as the class of the National League. So seeing Michael Harris II once again have some success, this game hopefully will be a reference point for him, and this will allow for him to build off of it and get back going, and hopefully he'll get into a groove and start producing like we all know he can for an extended period of time as the month of June continues to progress. And the hope, of course, is Michael Harris II can build off Wednesday night and have a successful game once again on Thursday night as the competition doesn't get any easier. But what does get more exciting is the pitching matchups as this series between the Braves and the Mets rolls on. You know, we talked about Carlos Carrasco as well as Bryce Elder on Tuesday. You had Charlie Morton and Max Scherzer on Wednesday. Well, it gets pretty exciting on Thursday as well. The Mets will send future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander to the mound, and the Braves will counter with Spencer Strider in what's going to be a lot of fun between what used to be one of the best strikeout pitchers in all of baseball and Verlander. That's no slight towards him just with age. He's certainly not the same strikeout pitcher that he once was against arguably the best strikeout starting pitcher in the game today in Spencer Strider. And it's going to be interesting within this pitching matchup because you have for the Mets a pitcher that they're very familiar with, that they have faced six times over the past three seasons, including earlier this year, where in a game Spencer Strider gave up four earned runs against the Mets, so the Braves were able to get a 9-8 to win. But in the case of the Braves, they're going to be facing Justin Verlander for, for the first time since 2016. 
The Braves have not faced Verlander since 2016 when he was with Detroit. So in terms of familiarity, there's not much there between the Braves lineup and Justin Verlander. And what's going to be interesting to see is what version of Verlander the Mets are going to be able to see on the mound. As over his past four starts, he's basically gone back and forth between struggling and succeeding. Now, over his past four starts, he's given up six earned runs, one earned run, six earned runs, Six earned runs, one earned run. So he's been both dominant as well as disappointing on the mound over each of his past four starts. It's really going to be interesting to see which version of Verlander will be on the mound for the Mets. And then, of course, when it comes to Spencer Strider against the Mets, he's had, you know, some decent success, but he's also had some struggles. Over 12.1 innings last year through three starts, he had a 4.38 ERA. And again, as mentioned in his start earlier this year, he gave up four earned runs to the Mets. So the Mets have had some success against Strider over the past few seasons. But there's also the fact that with Spencer Strider, he's found ways to continue to pitch effectively for the Braves. But another thing that's really started to um, occur consistently in the starts for Spencer Strider is that he's starting to give up a bit more home runs than usual. Over his past four starts, he's given up five home runs. So a big key for the Braves and for Spencer Strider, just like it was for Charlie Morton on Wednesday, is keeping the ball in the ballpark. If Spencer Strider can limit the Mets' bats and he can keep the ball in the ballpark, I definitely think once again, the Braves are going to be able to keep the game close to where they'll be able to have the chance to win in the late innings. Because I think without without a doubt, right now, it's pretty clear that the Braves' offense and bullpen is producing at a higher level than the Mets' offense and bullpen. The big key for the Braves tomorrow is to get an excellent start from Spencer Strider, and perhaps the Braves can also have some success against Justin Verlander. So keeping the ball in the ballpark for Spencer Strider, the Braves' offense continuing to find success maybe a little bit earlier on Thursday than it did on Tuesday or Wednesday, those are going to be keys for the Braves to be able to hopefully get a series sweep against the New York Mets. And it's going to be great to see all this action in Atlanta in what should be one of the more fun pitching matchups of the season. And of course, we're going to have you covered here on the Battery Power Podcast Network. Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert will be with you tomorrow night with the podcast to be named later. You can find that, the Battery Power Podcast and the Daily Hammer all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. Again, it's a fun time to talk Braves baseball. Hopefully, the good times will roll on. We'll get the series sweep and go into another series against a division rival in the Nationals with a smile on many faces this weekend. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. We'll talk to you again soon. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.